Hi everyone, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the Creative Devotion Podcast. It is the time between times, I guess. Um, I'm recording this on the 29th of December 2022. I had some time off and I feel arrived in that kind of um, cozy, deep, dark space of winter. Um, it's not quite time for me yet to go back to work, but I offered a little pop-up co-working session in my communities today and so it felt really good to sit down and also publish a podcast episode for you. I know this time of year can be difficult for people, it can also be really joyous, but I hope whatever experience you're in, you're enjoying the podcast episode. I really loved listening back just now. Um, AJ Bond has been talking to me very generously and kindly in October this year. It was our second interview and listening back just now, I'm just so touched by how emotionally articulate um, AJ is. If that's, even, that's not even really um, describing it properly, but I feel like I talk quite a bit about my experience in this interview and I felt like... AJ mirrored and picked up and expanded on things so beautifully in a way that just was really um, moving to me actually and um, we covered a lot of ground. AJ is um, exploring um, shame a lot which is such a, such a cool theme or topic to devote yourself to I think because it can be deeply healing to confront and so uh, we talked about wanting to please, which is something we both see in ourselves, but also these ideas around belonging and shame and um, yeah, fitting in, being not too much and not too sensitive and also thinking about how that shows up in boundaries we set or the ways we express ourselves creatively. So yeah, really cool episode. Just a few announcements from me. Um, I'm kind of, yeah, on a winter break. That feels exciting. I've sent out a newsletter this morning uh, reflecting on the year and saying that I had a really good experience with not having big expectations for this year. A good friend of mine died in December last year. So when this year began, I, I was kind of promising myself to just try my best to stay hydrated and show up um, but to see this as a year of grief and just allowing that and that I also found that as part of that I was positively surprised by the pleasure I did have like I made myself literally hundreds of pancakes almost every morning one and I spent a good time at the beach um went as often as I could I played with my dogs I taught I studied I made some good websites I had really meaningful conversations with people and friends and family and so yeah I think I, I want to continue with this attitude of like well life doesn't really owe me shit actually <laughs> and so yeah just keeping it simple just showing up trying not to get caught up in the January hype of self-improvement because we're already, we're good, everything is okay. So yeah, I hope you're, can, you can avoid getting caught up in that too, if it's possible. I will be offering a free business retreat on January 21st and 22nd. I do those a few times per year. They're always really fun, a whole weekend of workshops and co-working. And discussions, I'll link to that. 
Um, I'll also be offering creative classes again, but I haven't really made plans for that yet. So stay tuned and give me a little bit more time to think this through and rest. But I'll be in touch about that. And in the meantime, enjoy this episode. I'm sending lots of love and wishing you a gentle transition into 2023. Hello, everyone. Um, let's begin with a deep sigh. It's always a good one. <laughs> I'm speaking to um, the beautiful AJ Bond again today. He was also on episode 137. And... AJ does a lot of thinking and writing and and dreaming and exploring around shame, which was really meaningful for me to be with when we first talked. And I have been thinking about that a lot since. And just now we um, kind of touched in on what we might want to talk about in this recording. And I feel really excited. I think that's a, just a, such a powerful topic. And gosh, even as I say, this is such a powerful topic. I'm like, that's not quite like really expressing how excited I feel it just seems like a common phrase but I, mm. I think there will be a lot to explore here AJ thank you so much mm -hmm. yeah I'm really excited to talk to you again yeah thanks for having me back I'm excited to reconnect yay so you were on episode 137 if people want to check that out um I don't think it's a requirement to listen back necessarily if unless they feel excited which I'm sure they will be but um maybe do you want to just update us on kind of what's the year been like for you where you're at right now yeah that's a good question I think it was literally about a year ago almost exactly that we chatted or maybe two years ago. Because um, I remember the episode came out much later. That's true. Yeah. And to be honest, I totally lost the track of time. I so frequently say it's 2020 and we're still doing XYZ. And my friends yeah. are like, I think we're just stuck in time. <laughs> That's not actually true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have the same feeling. So I sometimes get a bit, um, like a bit of panic comes up with that question. Like, what have I been doing? And then, you know, there is a bit of shame around like, have I done enough? Have I accomplished anything? So I'm going to try to just relax and sense into like, what's, uh, yeah. Well, so this is what's coming up is that since we last spoke, I've become really fascinated with spirituality and particularly Buddhism meditation and buddhist philosophy and you know spirituality for me used to be a dirty word it used to be i used to have a lot of shame and judgment around that and now i'm really finding it to be a, a way of thinking about what i've already been doing but but with a bit more like meaning and depth to it kind of like um i think of it like trying to understand and connect with the deepest truths of life or experience or existence something like that and that just feels like what i've already been longing for but with a just a a deeper lens so 
uh, I might be yeah more spiritual in this interview than I was before. That's cool. <clears throat> That's really beautiful. Um, yeah, I relate to that too. I think spirituality this year also has become so much more important to me, and I understand why there might be hesitation or judgment. Do you maybe want to say more about that? Like, what has that process been like to maybe come a little bit closer and be like, oh, what what actually is my judgment and why do I have it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that question. I think the f- the first thing that comes to mind is my tense relationship with religion. I think at a very young age, I found the christian kind of uh, i was brought up in a sort of um a christian milieu but not uh, a deeply felt one almost more like oh this is what we do you just go to church and don't think too much about it and i think that that didn't inspire me and then as i got older and got in touch with my sexual orientation, I was really turned off by the impression I had that religion in general was very homophobic. And so I was just became atheist in a sense, just because I, I didn't like it. I felt like I wasn't included. I I didn't understand it fully. And I think spirituality got mixed in with that and felt almost like a a watered down version of religion or something um a, a religion that just didn't have a lot of clarity to it or something and i think the people that i deemed spiritual seemed very nonconformist so it's interesting like on the one hand i'm rejecting mainstream religion but on the other hand, a deep part of me at that age wanted to be normal, wanted to be acceptable, and didn't want to be seen as like too weird or spiritual or hippie. So somehow, yeah, like normality, logic, science, that seemed like the safest, most truthful, excuse me, the safest, most truthful place. And as I've gotten older and kind of moved through the inhibitions of shame, it just seems clear that spirituality is looking for deep meaning in life and that deep meaning is one of the most important and I don't know how else to say it, just like one of those meaningful um, places to be exploring. So I'm trying to embrace it and confront the lingering bits of shame that go a little bit like, Ugh, when I even hear the word spirituality. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I wonder if you, like, what is your relationship to earnestness like? And I will uh, contextualize that. I think for me, I've not had a religious upbringing. And so I'm coming at it maybe like from a different 
background angle or whatever and I growing up I always like looked at people going to church and I obviously I didn't really know what that meant or you know I didn't really have a lot of information but I thought families who go to church together really have it together there's no chaos in their homes no fighting mm. they probably also have dinners together and um, they're probably middle class and they have parents give a lot of guidance and those are things I really wanted so I was almost jealous mm-hmm. until I understood kind of you know that that was maybe a fantasy that I was having um and I think my shame around committing in a deeper way and maybe also in a public way to spirituality was more around oh god what if people see how earnest I am that's really quite awkward because mm. I just want to know why we're here and I need to know what the divine is basically and I want mm-hmm. to spend serious time and energy figuring that out but that's mm-hmm. not necessarily really cool so I wonder if that's a part of it for you as well oh definitely yeah I think I've had a I actually think this is very alive what you're describing for me right now um earnestness is not something that I think was big in my culture as a child, both family, friends, media. I feel like I was raised with a lot more irony and kind of jokes and lightness. Um, Yeah, a a people-pleasing, almost, I like to think of it like a customer service smile that is designed to make sure everyone feels comfortable and earnestness felt to be both kind of weak and overly emotional on the one hand but also uncomfortable for other people if I really showed if I was hurt or angry that that might make people feel bad. And so on a number of levels, earnestness felt unacceptable. And I I even, I'm becoming aware that on my shame journey, like in terms of wanting to promote shame and get conversations started, I've been holding it like, a, I've been saying a lighthearted exploration of shame. And I think that that was really well intended. I wanted to make it accessible. I wanted to make it fun. I wanted to make it connective when when I talked about shame. But it wasn't super earnest because when I'm really in shame, it's not lighthearted usually. And it can be quite heavy and quite intense and even quite angry. And I'm, I think I'm realizing now that it's time to deepen into that authenticity and earnestness. And, and I actually have this longing to carry earnestness around with me and set the context everywhere I go that that's okay, rather than walking around trying to fit in to whatever context I find myself in like oh 
this group seems to be very jokey. So I'll engage with jokiness. Part of me is like, no, I'd like to just bring the vibe, the earnestness, the truth, the authenticity that I want to hold with me everywhere. And and can I do that? That's the question. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that That is the question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh, um, it's also a beautiful segue into people-pleasing, which we touched on a little bit before we started recording. And mm. I would love to talk about that some more. And one thing that um, we said we would talk about to, to begin with was just about like how nice it feels to people-please because... I resonated with so, so much with what you were saying about like, you know, wanting to question it and find out what it is about and maybe shifting that a bit. And I feel exactly the same. Yeah, me too. And then also, oh, it's just so good, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How how do you like it? What, what do you love about it? <laughs> well, first of all, as I mentioned before we started recording, I'm really appreciative of you mentioning this because what i realized when you mentioned it is i i interpret that my people pleasing is coming from a shame wound so that's sort of motivating it but then i'm trying to change it so in a way i'm shaming it so there's as is often the case with shame it's like shame in both directions i'm i'm doing something because of shame and then i'm shaming the thing i'm doing because of shame and of course, that's not the most productive solution. Of course, I want to be in a place of um, self-compassion and acceptance. So you've reminded me of that. And yeah, with that in mind, it feels amazing to... My goal is to to create a moment with people where I feel like we're synchronized and in agreement and like um, on the same page and that I feel like approved of and validated and that like child inside of me you know a friend of mine described the feeling as candy in my chest and I think that's very accurate when I feel like I'm being validated and approved of and accepted and and liked and embraced by someone or a group. It's just this giddy, exuberant joyfulness bubbles in my chest. And this inner child is like, I did it. I'm good. I'm liked. And it's it's wonderful. It, does that does that resonate for you? Oh my God, yes. I was giggling over here. I think candy in my chest is like exactly what it is about it's so beautiful and like really this yeah this younger part of me is so happy I did it it's mm -hmm. safe I can avoid conflict and confrontation <laughs> fantastic exactly <laughs> one one scenario where this shows up a lot for me at the moment is like I moved into this flat that I'm in now half a year ago and I'm so, so desperate to be liked by my neighbors, like in not just my mm -hmm. direct neighbors, I want the whole neighborhood to like me, ideally. And mm -hmm. <laughs> I often walk my dogs and they are scared sometimes. They're scared of cats, they're scared of bigger dogs. So sometimes they will bark and 
yesterday we walked um, down the road and one of my dogs barked and then someone from inside a flat was shouting shut the fuck up and oh my god it stayed mm -hmm. with me the whole day I was so mortified and so like oh you know just really anxious about being annoying and that happening again and like can we possibly avoid that flat or that road on our walks but we kind of can't really <laughs> to be honest and just mm -hmm. kind of sitting with like how big that felt for me and then on the flip side how much it means to me when I leave the the door the house or I sit in my front garden and someone really looks at me and smiles or says hello and I just feel like mm -hmm. I did it <laughs> you're pleased enough with me even though my dogs bark sometimes to say hello thank god <laughs> basically yeah 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 th that for me I'm I'm th I'm thinking of this you know even though my dog barked and I think that's kind of it for me it's like even though there's something wrong with me or that's my fear deep down here you are liking me. And I think that's why it feels so good because there's that even though, and it almost like brings tears to my eyes when I connect with that, like, oh, even though I think I don't fit in or I don't belong, here you are embracing me. And it's just such a relief. Yeah, absolutely. It's making me teary too now you've expressed that really beautifully. Yeah, that's what it is. And that makes me think now also, like, how can I maybe give that to other people more often? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, like, because it's so primal, it's so foundational, and like how we can sometimes completely make someone's day to make them feel accepted in that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just, <laughs> I re-listened to our last conversation and something that really stuck out for me was you made a comment to that effect of I think it was like embracing someone in spite of their shame or or embracing their shame something like that and I I was like yes yes like when I can see the part of someone that they're ashamed of and I can say hey you know I like that part of you or I like you with that part or I, re I relate to that part of you. It's like, it's such an incredible feeling to have like the thing that feels disconnecting be the source of connection suddenly. Like this this flip, this, this like almost like mind blowing, like what is um, something I want to play with more. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, so coming back to these initial thoughts about people pleasing, where you at with working with that at the moment is that do you feel like you're compromising yourself sometimes in, in what you bring to it? And is that something you want to change? Or do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. There's definitely what what I find with my people pleasing impulse is first of all that it is it is almost overwhelmingly powerful and present. I'm the more I investigate it, the more I realize, oh, it 
it impacts the way I speak. It impacts the way I stand. It impacts the things I share and the way I say them. It impacts what I choose to do. It impacts my my actions. Like uh, it motivates certain things, and that is a little bit almost like wow. I'm I'm a bit blown away by how powerful it is. And I I can see that I don't want to like start shaming something that's so present in my life. But at the same time, I'm aware that it causes a shadow of things that I don't say and that I don't share. And so there's a whole realm of authentic truths that get orphaned by my people-pleasing impulse. And what I'm trying to do now is notice what those truths are because they're actually hard to see. So there, there's a, a process where I have to really kind of sink down and it's a, it's a sort of a more of an embodied feeling where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause and I'm going to sink down into kind of this place in my gut that is beneath this people-pleasing energy sort of hard to describe but there is this like deeper place and then I'm trying to be more honest about the data that I discover down there and it's often edgier things that I don't share because they're the things I worry will make us disconnect um judgments envy shame uh, anger is a really big orphaned part of me. And so I'm I'm trying to courageously practice unearthing some of those truths and sharing them with like the context that I'm trying to be more honest and more authentic. And part of me just wants to tell you the good stuff. But if I'm if I'm really honest, there's this other stuff that's there anyway. But I just wouldn't have shared it with you. And now I would like to share it with you. And I hope that we can hold it together. And I hope that we can actually connect more deeply, even in this more challenging truth space. Mm, yeah, thank you. I feel very honored. And I loved how you described that I hadn't heard someone say these often parts of myself I think that's such a beautiful way of putting it and I would love to hear more about what that means and how that might be messy or un uncertain at this time yeah yeah it's I'm trying to sense into It's a space where it's often almost surprising because my default is so connect, 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 um, that when I sink down there, I might discover, oh, I actually don't want to connect right now, now, or I don't want to connect in this way, or I don't want to connect with this person. And 
that can be really challenging, but the way I'm holding it is what if I could connect even over a part of me that doesn't want to connect? What if that uh, paradoxically could lead to deeper connection? And an example might be sometimes I have like an aversion to something that a person is bringing, like maybe their values or just the way they talk or something could bring up a bit of an aversive part of me. And what I really long for, and, and I'm just learning how to do this in a skillful way, is to name like, you know what, something, some aversion is coming up in relation to how I'm perceiving you. And I want to name it actually, even though it's saying for me to, to, to distance from you, to disconnect from you, I actually want to use it to connect more deeply with you, to, to be more fully seen and to invite um, you to reveal anything or any impact that comes up from hearing that and see if we can connect on this level of like really truthfulness, even when the truth is a desire not to connect. I don't know if this is making sense. Oh, yeah, it really is, actually. And I just was, as I was listening to you, kind of thinking through my own last two weeks and whether I had had those moments and what if would have changed for me if I had been open in that way that you just described. And it's actually really cool and kind of liberating because I can be quite judgmental with myself for my own judgment, like in really small yeah. ways. <laughs> like I, I talked to a friend the other day and I was judging people for taking weekend city trips. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so stressful. Like you can't even really be present in like a place like Paris in two and a half days. Why would you do that? And it's kind of like really not my place. And <laughs> it also doesn't really matter actually for me or my connection with this person. And mm -hmm. I think sometimes like really disowning that kind of judgment can can be shaming in itself and maybe yeah. unnecessary like maybe it would actually be really fun to just say to that person I don't know why you keep having these city trips it's really irritating do you want to tell me more yeah and I you know I'm hearing that your your truth is is actually fuller than that I'm hearing that part of you uh is like why are you doing this this doesn't make any sense but then there is another part of you that's like, and it's not really any of my business. And it's like both of those parts, when revealed, start to really connect on the fuller, more authentic, deeper level that, that I'm kind of longing for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And another thought I had as you were talking was like, um, maybe the opposite of connection really isn't always disconnection. Maybe there's more to explore more in the direction of like sovereignty or privacy or boundaries. Um, I'm thinking in the context, for example, well, this is fresh on my mind because I just taught about this. Um, I facilitate this uh, group of small business owners and we often talk about online expression and social media and content writing. And it can obviously be really complex and one thing I always offer is the idea that 
yes, it is really beautiful to share of yourself and maybe bring some storytelling in and think about intimacy and who do you want to work with? Who is this for? But you still get to have boundaries. And I think that's maybe swimming a little bit against Instagram culture where you can easily get the impression that you should share everything about yourself every day. And it can be messy, but it also needs to be shiny at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and like a boundary I draw from myself and what I share, for example, is that pretty much nothing is totally off limit on this podcast. I love, you know, sharing my process and I feel really grateful with, with the sense that I'm getting that it's well received and maybe people can't always relate but that's okay I don't and and you know this is really subtle and energetic obviously I don't always have direct feedback for the podcast but I just get this really strong sense that I'm not being judged and I so love to have the space mm. that I've had for more than six years now where I just get to talk to people and I get to talk about my life and that's so wonderful but one boundary I've always had is to not talk about my romantic relationships and that just feels good for the privacy of the people involved. I recognize there's always a process that shifts and change. And I kind of don't necessarily want that process in the onion and as an archive, <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so it feels like a container and it feels like it mirrors something in what you're saying of like, maybe the urge to always connect um, is okay, but maybe it's also okay to not always connect all the time or be honest about our aversions to intimacy or sharing of ourselves and to think about like in what ways is privacy useful sometimes if that makes sense I feel like yeah. I've taken that into a different direction now actually maybe you can bring it back if, if you can well what's coming up for me is uh, I've I've traditionally struggled with boundaries and I think part of my people-pleasing urge, there is a desire to reveal myself because I want the fullest sense of myself to be accepted by others. So I think I have a natural inclination towards a kind of vulnerability. And, and sometimes maybe I do take it too far in the sense that when I do sink down into this deeper place, yeah, sometimes I discover just, um, um, I don't know what to call it, but uh, like, no, I don't feel like sharing that. Uh, or uh, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like exposing that. I just don't want to. Uh, yeah, kind of like a place of just more genuine desire. So I think, I think for me, I need to like sink below my people pleasing to see what natural boundaries are kind of occurring and and discover that I don't have to share everything just to feel that everything is accepted by everyone that that, that in itself has a neediness or I don't want to judge neediness either. <laughs> it's so delicate. You know? <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. I love how accepting we are as <laughs> we talk to each other of ourselves and each other. Yes. <laughs> um, oh God, neediness is a big buzzword for me too, as is being too much. I wonder if you mm. ever feel those things and how you're meeting them at the moment. 
a, a core like theme of my life is people telling me that I'm speaking too loud about things that are too sensitive um, over and over again. I've gotten that feedback. And so that's sort of what comes up for me around being too much is that there's shame around sort of talking too loud and and the 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 really shaming expression is TMI. Oh, TMI, AJ, like too much information. And then I feel like I have missed a kind of social cue that everyone else sees of either like volume, appropriateness, boundaries that I'd like. Yeah. So then I have this story like, oh, I'm on the outside again. I don't fit in. I don't belong because everyone else can clearly see where the too much information line is. And I can't. And it's just another story that feeds into this way that my child brain interpreted the world uh, based on my upbringing, wherein it just some needs weren't fully met. And I said to myself, oh, it's my fault. I'm something about me that makes these needs not worth meeting. And that crystallized and I just find stories to fit into that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel the same quite a lot of the time. And I had this funny stream of consciousness where when you said, you know, like not seeing this line, but what I want to remind myself of, because I feel exactly the same you feel sometimes is like, those lines are just made up, right? And, yeah. <laughs> and yes. so why do other people necessarily get to make them up? Or why why do I think that this isn't something that we do together, like collaboratively, yes. right? And how about, and then I was like, okay, so, but how do I bring people more into like a conversation of like what what level of appropriateness is actually for, for right for this context? So how, here's my suggestion. We could make it a thing to say TLI, saying too little information. For example, <laughs> yes. for example, if we ask someone like, how are you doing? And they're like, yeah, I'm fine. And then you just go like, TLI, I want to know more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that could be a thing. <laughs> well, the 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 recognition that these lines are made up um, is so uh, important for me. And, and I do think that when I get caught in my people pleasing energy, it feels like it's that, how to describe this from that perspective, other people get to decide what those lines are. And I think that's why, I do want to shift, want to both embrace, but shift <laughs> uh, how I relate. Because when I sink down into my authenticity space, that's where I get to decide what the line is or get to co-create the line. So that's that's why I want to embrace authenticity more because it 
it gives me more empowerment to say like, well, actually, I have an opinion on this and my opinion's just as valid as yours. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Gosh, I feel like I have shifted a lot just during this conversation already. <laughs> and this is great. <laughs> and I love the idea of both embracing and shifting. It feels really like physical, tangible to me, like to, I'm seeing a bear in the corner of a room, like going over to the bear, giving it a big hug and then moving it to another corner, basically. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like the mental image I have. Yeah. Um, I know we sadly don't have forever. And there's one more topic I would love to weave in a little bit, um, which is creativity and expression and how that relates to shame. In this podcast, I've been starting to talk about um, art and creativity and expression a little bit more. And obviously shame is a really big part of that. And as we were talking about kind of these lines and how they're co-creative, I was also thinking about this idea of like, in the media I make, and this is why I love DIY media so much, like podcasting or writing zines or books, um, we kind of get to make the rules and then invite people into that space. And then they have autonomy in deciding whether that's for them or not. Mm -hmm. And I could totally imagine that maybe sometimes people come across the podcast or my book or a zine and like, oh, that's a bit much for me, actually. And, and that's fine. And it will be good for other people. But I think... Uh, it took me quite a bit of untangling to come to that place of acceptance of like not being for everyone. And I wonder if you have any reflections on like, yeah, expression, writing, creativity, shame. How how do we do it? Yeah, yeah, I do relate to that. Again, falling into a sense of an orientation of, oh, like what's appropriate what's not, what's normal, what's okay, what's uh, what are you allowed to share and how are you allowed to share it? And the orientation is is looking externally for the answer, looking to other people, looking to culture, looking to norms. And what I'm trying to do now is to pose the questions to myself. I'm sure that there you know, maybe there really is an answer to what's appropriate, but I would like the answer to be, because at the end of the day, it is me that's making that choice. But before I would kind of convince myself like, oh, I'm, I'm making the choice based on what everyone else is saying. So that keeps me safe. And it's almost a, a slight, um, it doesn't seem like it's as fully taking responsibility as it could for when I say, you know what, I'm posing this question to myself. And and definitely I do want to ask people I trust and take in other examples and, and have a full scope of insight to draw from. But I really want to honor that at the end of the day, I'm the one who is choosing anyway what the answer to these questions is. And I'd rather do that in a really conscious and empowered way and say, okay, I'm going to share this. I'm, I think I'm deciding that this is appropriate for me and I am open to being wrong. I'm open to discovering in a messy, imperfect way um, that maybe that was too much for me again. And so I want to kind of hold it as 
that the the decider is me and the the perspective is mine and that is an empowering place because then i can say i've never seen anyone share this kind of thing and that might have turned me off from sharing it in the past but i think this is right for me so i'm going to do it or it might be the opposite it might be like oh everybody's sharing this information but i just don't want to so i'm not going to you know it could be either yeah, totally. That's beautiful. It makes me think or feel hopeful about the internet maturing, kind of what you're talking about, because I feel like sometimes we forget that in the bigger picture of human history, it's really only been like a, the blink of an eye that we had the internet. And yeah, it comes with all these like rules and expectations and these different um ways of doing things but actually it has already changed a lot when I'm thinking back to tumblr times or my days <laughs> you know that 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 was already a really different culture and now we're at a certain time but we're also moving forward into a different time on the internet yet again and I hope that that has a lot to do with what you described about just connecting more with ourselves and seeing what feels right and um allowing ourselves to find our own answers and maybe do things differently or say things that have already been said just because we want to say them again or mm -hmm. not saying things mm -hmm. that everyone seems to be saying. So, I mean, there's a lot in that. That could be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to bring it back to that spirituality journey, something that I'm starting to understand is that we have a profoundly wise compass inside of us if we really sink down and look and i i this is what i seem to be learning from my limited understanding of buddhism and other spiritual traditions is to try to connect with my own sense of guidance and and live from that space and I think we get into trouble when we lose touch with that compass and start to look for it in others and in culture and someone else's opinion that's when it can get really muddled and so I do think there's something spiritual about this um authentic deep place of what feels true to me yeah absolutely oh what a beautiful note to end on I mean again I could really talk to you forever and I hope that maybe you'll come again but yeah I'd love to <laughs> it feels like it went so fast it's like oh. it did yeah it's yeah. like just kind of like 10 minutes a little chit chat but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. on the other hand there was also so much I like I got a ton out of this conversation and have so much more to think about I'm really grateful for what you shared and your generosity and uh, want to let people know where they can find you and if there's any way to work with you right now or read more um, can you let us know yeah yeah I'm feeling a sweetness I'm feeling a bit of that maybe it's not just the the joy of people pleasing it's I, I feel like a warmth a connection I feel simpatico with you and that's just a really it's actually not candy in the chest right now. It's more like a bit like teary, like, mm, yeah, this is nice. Oh, so I want to yes. <laughs> name that. It's more like a good uh, root vegetable 
in the belly than yes. the honey in the chest. <laughs> yes, you're right. It's a bit heavier. It's denser. Yeah. It's really yeah. nourishing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So I have a bit of that stew. Um, and yeah, I I um, have a website, discomfortable.net, that has lots of podcast episodes about shame and it has information about my coaching practice and about the book I wrote, which is also called Discomfortable. And I'm also putting together my first um, in-person week-long shame retreat that's going to be happening at a monastic academy just outside of Toronto in Ontario in Canada called Willow. And we're, we haven't fully finalized it. It's probably going to be in February of 2023. So depends when this podcast comes out. But that's a, a new journey to be offering these retreats where we really dive in and explore and connect with each other around this topic. And I'm, I'm hoping to create an online version as well. So I think um, if you're interested in some group processes, um, keep an eye on on my website. And I'm also pretty active on Twitter. If there's any Twitter fans out there, uh, you can also find me at Discomfortable on Twitter. That is so beautiful. I'm really excited for people who get to be on retreat with you and will link to your website. And definitely I will look out for those offerings as well. Thank you so much again, AJ. Really, really great to talk to you and I'm really excited to share this conversation with people. Mm, yeah, I'm looking forward to revisiting it myself. And thanks again for having me.